Hey, welcome to a new episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP number 120. I'm your host, Dorian, and on today's podcast, we see the MVP frontrunner, Ronald Acuna Jr., versus a future MVP candidate, Ellie De La Cruz. And special guest Joe Dreams talks about inspiring people and the San Diego Padres. And I'm going to talk to you about this delicious beer I have in my hand. Are all the beers that I have in my hand that I share on the show delicious? I'm going to go with yes, because I drink them before I decide to have them while I'm recording the podcast. Anyways, this is called Grisette. It's a farmhouse ale from a good American local brewery called Manor Hill Brewing in Ellicott City, Maryland. It made me think. Do now that we're in summertime, do people go to their country home in the summer? Do people rent homes or cottages in the summer? Do you rent a home or cottage on the lake, on the beach? I'm more of a beach person. I don't know anything about the country. I don't know anything about a lake, but I do know that I'm gonna have a drink, so bear with me. As you know, you can always see what I'm drinking on social media so follow us there if you want and if you don't we're gonna move on the cincinnati reds are really popular on social media right now they've been hosting this atlanta braves this weekend and i also talked about the cincinnati reds last week in episode 119 along with their city connect uniform and their terrible owner (laughs) but back on friday the braves and the reds were both coming in as probably the two hottest teams in baseball And I love history. And one of the tidbits was that this was only the seventh time in Major League Baseball history. And as you know, organized baseball has been being played for, what, 140, 50 years? That both teams went into a series with a winning streak of eight games or more. This has only happened seven times in over 150 years of organized baseball. The last time it happened was actually pretty recent, back in August of 2021, when the Atlanta Braves played the New York Yankees. The Braves were going into that series on a nine-game win streak, and the Yankees were going in on a nine-game win streak as well. But before 2021, it had been an insane amount of time, since June 30th, 1975, when Oakland, Las Vegas, Athletics played the Chicago White Sox. The Athletics had were on an eight-game win streak, and the White Sox were on an eight-game win streak. So that's pretty cool that that hadn't happened in two years, and before that, 48 years. And one of the Reds that I talked about last week, Ellie De La Cruz, this rookie, hit for the cycle. Not only did he hit for the cycle in his like 15th game, he hit for the cycle by the top of the sixth inning. <laughs> the, the Reds ended up beating the Braves in a high scoring game, 11 to 10. And every time I see Ellie De La Cruz, he reminds me of LeBron James, a different sport, but he reminds me of LeBron James when LeBron James played with the Miami Heat. This is physical peak LeBron James in his late 20s, an absolute alien beast. When James was with the Heat, he would grab a rebound or they would pass him the ball after after the opposing team's miss, and he would just gallop down the court. In about three steps, he was already at the basket. When I see Ellie De La Cruz run around the bases, it's the same way. If he makes contact in about three steps, He's at first base and he's immediately looking to round to go to second plate, to go to second base, excuse me. Ellie De La Cruz, the way he just consumes space, consumes air, consumes the base paths is amazing. And I tell you again, because 
I'm genuinely looking to go to see the Cincinnati Reds and specifically Ellie De La Cruz in person. This team looks so much fun. And here we are for the second straight week talking about the first place Cincinnati Reds. The first place Cincinnati Reds. I didn't think those words would be coming out of my mouth this season. And this Cincinnati Reds team won 62 games last season. They already have 41 wins and we still have a whole week to go in the month of June. 41 wins now with a week to go in June. And last year, they only won 62 games. As you know, the Reds ended up beating the Braves on Friday to give them 12 consecutive wins. The Braves ended up snapping that back in back yesterday, on, on Saturday, on, the, on June 24th. But overall, this, this is really good beer. Overall, this Reds team is giving me 2018 Atlanta Braves vibes. And for you non-Braves fans out there, that 2018 was that 2018 Atlanta Braves team was packed with Ronald Acuña Jr., Ozzy Albies, all these young players with a steady hand, steady veteran, Freddie Freeman. Everyone said, "Oh, this Braves team is going to be really good." Cuz everyone saw they have these really good young players, but they're like they're a year away. And I thought they were a year away as well. Wrong. I think that was the year they ended up winning 92 games, like something were in the low 90s, and they won the National League East Division. And since 2018, the Braves have won every single National League East Division over the past five years. And in 2023, the Braves are still in first place in the National League East Division. I'm not saying that the Cincinnati Reds are going to win the, the, the National League Central Division and win it for the next five to seven years. I am saying watch the Reds. So much fun. As I was saying earlier, are we watching the MVP versus a future MVP? I think that Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to win the, the most valuable player this season in 2023. His OPS plus right now is 156. As we know, an average Major League Baseball player has 100 OPS plus. Acuna Jr. is 56% above that. And this is in line with some of his best seasons. In 2021, his OPS plus was 158. In 2020, the, the COVID the COVID shortened season, it was 100, 156 OPS plus. And I genuinely think that this year, Acuna can get to the 40-40 club. That's 40 home runs and 40 steals. He almost got to it back in 2019 when he hit 51 home runs. And he then he was one base steal shy at 39 stolen bases. In 2021, when he got injured, he was on pace to be a front runner for the National League Most Valuable Player. But until he got that knee injury. And then in 2022... He was just coming back. He still wasn't 100% Ronald Acuna Jr. He didn't have that oomph. He didn't have the whole strength back in his knee. 2023, Ronald Acuna Jr. is back at 100%. And you can see the way he plays. He's amazing. I love watching him at the top of the lineup of every single Atlanta Braves game. The energy he still brings. He's incredible. And as incredible as he is, Ellie's at the cruise. In just 15 games, his OPS plus is 179, 179 OPS plus. Yes, it's 15 games. Yes, he's a rookie. Obviously, that OPS plus is going to come down. The more he plays, the more pitchers figure out what he's good and what he's not good at. But man, at the same time, Ellie De La Cruz is going to improve. I'm all aboard the Ellie De La Cruz train, man. He's amazing. He's so much fun to watch, and he's exactly what these 
Cincinnati Reds fans deserve because they have unfortunate ownership situation with the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds are super hot. Ellie De La Cruz is super hot, but you know who's not so hot? The San Diego Padres. And as a baseball fan, it hurts me because I love that the ownership writes big checks to big stars. But here we are, a week to go in June, and the Padres are in fourth place in the National League West. The San Diego Padres with Manny Machado, Blake Snell, Darvish, Juan Soto are in fourth place in the National League West. Juan Soto may be bouncing back. He has a 161 OPS plus, and that's more or less in line with what his numbers were back with the Washington Nationals when he was, without a doubt, the best batter on planet Earth. But now with the Padres, the OPS plus is back up. His batting average is still lower than any of his seasons with the Washington Nationals. And it's frustrating to see this because I want the ownership and the fans of the San Diego Padres to be rewarded with winning baseball because they pay for it. Those fans are awesome. They come out. They sell out so many games. And it just seems amazing, the the atmosphere in Petco Park, if you ever watch a a game with the San Diego Padres when they're at home. At the same time, you're not going to be challenging the surprising Arizona Diamondbacks in the National League West or, of course, the big, bad Los Angeles Dodgers when you have players like Trent Grisham. His OPS plus 92. That's below average. His batting average is 210, which is bad. But actually, it's better than his 2022 year when he when he batted 184. And Trent Grisham's glove has, I don't want to say regress, it's just gone through a dip through the first half of this year. Manny Machado, his OPS plus 97. Machado's earning, what, like 30, 33 million dollars a season, and he's below average. He's below a guy you can get off the street for $700,000 a year. His lowest batting average since 2019. But I'm going to give Manny Machado benefit of the doubt because I don't know how hard that lingering injury he's had from that broken hand. And in baseball, you're playing six times a week that he's not going to have enough time to be fully healed. I don't think he's going to be the Manny Machado we expect him this season. He'll be back next year, but they need him this year. Every single year, every single day is being spent on these amazing players that the Padres have that aren't performing. And of course, not to pick on anybody else, but Jake Cronenworth, OPS plus 90. I'm just giving you three everyday starters whose OPS plus is below average. You have a top-heavy lineup, and the only people right now are produce, that are producing is the surprising Fernando Tatis Jr., who I expected zero from him when he came back from his broken wrist slash performance-enhancing drug suspension slash bad publicity. I expected nothing from him. And he's been one of the he's been with the Padre one of the Padres best players, and um, and also Bogarts, awesome, completely worth the money. But you can't have three guys shouldering the lineup, shouldering the run production, the on base threats every single night, and that's why that's one of the reasons the Padres find themselves like eight games behind the Diamondbacks or eight and a half games, excuse me, thanks to the HBP bullpen. But I love watching baseball. You love watching baseball. By the way, have you guys been watching the College World Series? LSU versus the University of Florida. Man, that game on Saturday, game one on Saturday was amazing. And if you remember, we had Jamie Tutko, who's the director of video and scouting for the LSU Tigers in episode 102 back in January before the the college baseball season started. So if you want to go listen to that when LSU was the number one ranked team before the season, and here they are. 
one win away from winning the College World Series. I'm going to be rooting for LSU. But that being said, we can't be watching baseball all the time, no matter how much we want to. And this is where this week's show sponsor comes in. The Warehouse. Come to The Warehouse and rent the hit movies you want when you want them with the Warehouse Movie Rental Guarantee. This week, The Warehouse guarantees rent for Big, Crocodile 2, and Cocktail starring Tom Cruise. If we don't have a copy available, we'll give you a coupon for a free rental from one of these three hit movies. Only The Warehouse offers you the movie rental guarantee. If you want to rent these hit movies, they'll be at The Warehouse, guaranteed. Where? The Warehouse. I'm sure The Warehouse is going to soon have Mission Impossible 27 starring Tom Cruise. By the way, the guy's like 60 years old, and he's still driving motorcycles off of mountain cliffs. Why? I have no idea. Why would you drive a perfectly wonderful motorcycle off of a mountaintop? Or throw yourself out of a plane. Or do all the wacky things he does trying to save the world. At the end of the day, Tom Cruise is a performer. And our next guest is also a performer who loves the San Diego Padres. We have special guest Joe Dreams, a man who inspires people to live their dreams. Joe, welcome to Hipster Baseball Podcast. Good to see you. A little birdie told me that when you were a young man, when you were growing up, you used to go to church every Sunday. Oh, I still do. Who is Joe Dreams collaborating with on a song, on a project from the Bible and why? I would pick Joseph because that's who I got my artist name from because I got Joe Dreams from the Bible of Joseph with the coat of many colors who had dreams that his brothers and his family would bow down before him. They threw him in a ditch because they thought he was so arrogant because of that dream. And then some people discovered him in that ditch and sent him to Egypt where he rose through the ranks and became like the Pharaoh's right-hand man and ended up saving his family in, in the future, the same people who left him to die. So I would definitely uh, do a collaboration with him. That sounds, that actually sounds very, that's very inspiring. I, I, I genuinely like that answer. I, I didn't know what to expect, but that's a very good answer. I like that one. Where did your, your fire to help other people, to set an example for other people come from? Well, yeah, the fire definitely wasn't always lit because when I, when I was in, I'll just take you to high school because that's when I first started making music. I, my prerogative, just like other high schoolers, was just to fit in. And usually we gravitate towards the people who look like us. And unfortunately, at, at my school, the people who are who look like me or who I can identify with were also getting into trouble and and doing you know those kind of things. And so I was you know hanging out with the wrong crowd and doing a lot of things that were getting me in trouble myself. But one day, one of those friends hit me up and said, "Hey, you know, I have this mentor and." He wants to meet with you at Starbucks. And so I was a little suspicious at the time, like, you know, because of who it was coming from. But when I got to the Starbucks, you know, this, you know, this guy in a suit and a laptop. And, you know, he showed me this whole presentation for this network marketing company. And they invited me to this, this conference for the, the network marketing company was having a conference where they, you know, recruit people. And they had some people speaking at that conference, like some famous authors, like Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote the book, Rich That Poor Guy, he was speaking. There was other speakers. And I remember that a light bulb just came on in my mind about the whole idea of personal development and the, per the sea of self-help. And so I ended up joining the company. And then when I went back to school, I started recruiting 
a bunch of my friends and just other people on campus to be a part of this thing. And that was like one of the first times that I, I did something that I really felt like really passionate about. And and if you ever if you know anything about network marketing or if you're an entrepreneur watching this, that one thing that's really big in that world is self-help and personal development. And I started listening to a lot of audiobooks and I started reading and I and, and I and that's when I developed that addiction, like towards the end of high school. And even today, I'm I'm always listening to audiobooks. And then and then the thing was though, the problem was though, is that whenever I was whenever I have a friend who is going through a situation, and I'm like, oh, I read this thing that could totally help them, right? Especially because us guys tend to be a little egocentric. So like if I tell you, hey, if you tell me you're having a problem with this marriage and and I, and I tell you about this book that, you know, helps you understand relationships, like coming from another guy, you might be a little resistant to actually reading that thing and applying it. So I'm like, how can I reach people and especially the younger generation, because they're not going to pick up this audio book. And I'm like, what if I were to download these messages into myself, start living these things out and make music about them? Just like at a Barnes and Noble, you have like the self-help personal development section. Like imagine if that section was in hip hop. Just thinking about the impact that would have on on society at large, that that's why I felt like that was my life calling is to take because one of the things I love about personal development and self help is that it might have taken you twenty years to master podcasting and how to how to interview people correctly and whatnot. And right before you you hit your deathbed, you end up writing a book about it, a hundred pages long about here's how to have the best podcast ever. And some eighteen year old who just graduated and thinking about what am I going to do next runs across your book and like, oh, how to podcast and how to have a, a master podcast. And now you're at, and then and now they just save themselves decades of trial and error just by reading your book. And so I'm like, imagine if I could take that step further and, and incorporate the lessons from a book and like putting it, putting them into a in song form and incorporating it into a lifestyle, making it cool, right? And making it not like some nerdy thing, but making this the cool thing. And so that's, that's what I'm, that's where this all stemmed from and this is where it all came from. Yeah, you you mentioned obviously going from audiobook and audio to music is what you do. And that's how I came across you. And I love tying life. I love tying art, religion, everything with baseball. So I I love using this podcast as a through the folk through the lens of baseball. Tell us what your connection is with performing, inspiring people, and also baseball. Well, I became, you know, I'm I'm born and raised in San Diego, California, and, and my my dad used to take me and my little brother to to games at Qualcomm Stadium before they were even at Petco Park. So, you know, I'm a Padre fan for life. That's how I became a Padre fan. Some of the similarities, and I I I also explain these things like whenever I'm performing San Diego live, like I try to talk about you know resilience or you know like a baseball player how they 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 swing and they and they keep swinging and they keep swinging even though they miss and they strike out so many times and then eventually, you know, boom, they they get a hit or even better a home run or even better a grand slam. And there's so many things that, ref and that's why the game of baseball resonates with us because we all feel like we strike out in life, or, or sometimes we catch a lucky break and we and we get walked, or or sometimes the other team wins and you know you have to get that post game interview and explain to your team uh, what happened and how, what are you going to do better next time. Like, those are all things that we all experience, and and that's why sports in general, especially baseball, like really resonate with with us i think you've inspired inadvertently maybe like Fran uh, francisco tatis jr because 
the outfielder for the San Diego Padres. He's come back and he's played better than I expected. I didn't expect him to be this good coming back from his, what is it, drug? Not drug, but whatever, mm-hmm. performance-enhancing uh, suspension. So maybe that good vibes that you do when you perform is going out into the field. But uh, overall, you know, a little little disappointed. I'm, I'm a little disappointed about how the San Diego Padres are performing. That's not That's not on you. What I love is that you really do love the Padres where you're performing. You've also followed them. On, I think you were you followed them on the road. You've yeah. also performed in New York. Tell yeah. us about that experience of following the Padres to go across the country from Southern California all the way to to, to City Field in, in Queens. Yeah, so I had been performing Slime Diego outside of the Padres Stadium because, one, it's it's great practice and training because, you know, I believe that I'm going to get to where I want to get to as an artist. And, and what better way to practice and train and get your reps in than to do 80 baseball games, you know, before and after and, you know, all the hours of practice and training. And that that's one. Uh, two, I just really love, like, making people's day. And especially, you know, there's families with kids there. Uh, you know, get and say slam D and then kids say, ah! and, you know, or a kid will come up and they'll know the the whole words to the song and it just makes everyone's day, you know, it, it's fun. Uh, and then I'm also able to su- sustain myself as an artist you know, financially too, because, you know, Padre fans are very generous, especially after they've had a couple of drinks and especially after the Padres win, uh, they're very generous. And they also helped me send me to New York, by the way, because I, I put out a sign and I put some posts on social media, like, Hey, I'm going to go to New York and, they literally didn't donate hundreds of dollars. So that was, that was awesome. And also my whole thing is about taking the leap of faith. Like that's like the symbol for live Joe dreams is, is the leap of faith symbol. And I just believe that it was, it was consistent in what I believe by taking that leap of faith and also thought, Hey, I'm going to get some great content because if I'm out there in the middle of New York, like, so where I ended up setting up was, so in New York, there's the public transportation is a huge thing there. And there's a, literally a, a bridge with a walkway that 30,000 people cross to go to the games, the Mets games. And then they, and they all leave in the same direction. And I have, I have a sound box. It's one of the loudest Bluetooth speakers in the world. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the perfect. And I'm telling you, like, it's hard to explain this. Very rarely are you in front of a sea of 30,000 people. It's almost like a battle, right? And, then, and if you're wearing a Padres jersey... And and with all these Mets fans, like, can you imagine the type of antagonism that you would face? And me, I was thinking, like, man, this can make some great content, right? Because I'm going to get all kind of stuff while I'm out there. And it did worked, you, you know. Did you set up? Did you set up in front of the the Apple or closer to the 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 subway stop? So both before okay. the games, I was set uh, up closer to the Apple because people were going this way. After the game, closer towards the subway because people smart, were coming this way. Smart man, right? Yeah. Uh huh. And so. And some of them were actually generous, and some of the Mets fans were like, "Hey, man, f the Padres, but we respect your grind and everything like that." And so I thought it would also help me develop more thick skin by by going there and being able to face the antagonism face on. Because m- a lot of us, we might get some antagonism on social media, but very rarely nowadays do people say things to your face, right? And so I thought it was a great way to toughen myself up for what's to come in the future, because you know. When I get to the place I want to get to, there's going to be that type of criticism because not everyone wants to see a world where everyone is living their dreams, right? And so I thought it would be a great way to to practice and train. And then God totally blessed me because I ended up getting on the news uh, a couple times, like two days in a row. 
like while I was up there because they were looking for Padre fans or, you know, who were in New York and in Philadelphia so they can get some boots on the ground. I really got blessed with some content because there was this one video that you probably saw that me getting pushed off of my speaker by the Mets fan. And that video in and of itself went so viral that I ended up getting all the money that I spent on the trip back from that, from just the, the ad revenue or the whatever on that one video. And it was like, and it paid me for like a few months, you know, on Facebook reels and everything like that. So I was, I was very grateful that God rewarded me for taking that leap of faith. I like how you mentioned that the reality is that, yeah, like social media has almost taken away part of our decency where it's a lot easier to just, just type out some block words of, of being mean to somebody. But then in person, I would never say those things to you because there's still some shred of decency. So, yeah, I like how you point that out, that people on social media, that's almost like being a, it's like recess time. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in elementary school, like you can go wild, crazy, running around, pushing people over into the gravel. But then everybody come, has to come back to social studies class and somewhat, mm -hmm. somewhat behave themselves. Continuing on music and baseball, you had mentioned, not, not here, but I had read other places, you're talking about walk-up songs. Joe Dreams, tomorrow you wake up, all of a sudden you are playing with the San Diego Padres. What's your walk-up song? Oh, definitely Know My Name, for sure. Because that, that, that song completely encapsulates like who I am and why I do what I do. And it's also super, super catchy. Like I could perform that in front of the audience one time. And like, I've had this happen like multiple occasions. I perform it one time and I run into somebody months later and I'm like, yo, I've been singing that song, you know, like for <laughs> forever, you know? And so that's, that's one uh, reason I would do that. And plus it gives them, it has, it's a motivational uh, type song. And that's a good energy to have when you're walking out and about to face the pitcher. What's one of your most memorable memories of being a San Diego Padre fan, whether you're watching, watching a game, being being in a game in person, or even just having the Padres around in your life? Like, what's a memorable, memorable moment that you're always like, you always go to back to that spot and you're like, that was a beautiful moment? Honestly, I say when the Padres beat the Dodgers, because after you mean that this past, game... This past uh, yeah, postseason, this past, 2022. Yeah, that was probably one of the most memorable things ever because I just remember seeing Slam D they they're playing it in clubs. I was getting tagged in a bunch of stuff like yo, they're playing the song in the club. They're you know seeing all these people dancing to it and people playing it in the streets. It's like it was like seeing a dream manifest before my eyes. They're playing on the radio stations. I was getting asked to do all these podcasts and I was like wow like this like everything that I would, all the things I've been working for, because remember, I have been performing outside of almost every single game the whole season before anyone thought they were ever going to make the playoffs. And once again, I feel like God rewarded me for, for taking that leap of faith. And it, it came at the very end of the season because I had plant, been planting that seed the whole time. As soon as they made the playoffs, everyone was like, oh, yeah, that the, the, the theme song, you know. And so that was definitely the most the memorable thing. And then and then that very night. I ran into some of the Padres players. I got shouted out by Joe Musgrove that same night, uh, Josh Bell that same night, even though he got traded, and Brandon Dixon that same night. Because because one of the Padres security, I won't say who, but like he said, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but this is where they're at, you know, because he knew I've been trying, I've been working at this the whole season, so he trusted that, you know, I'm there for the song, you know, and so that was a great. That night was just like, it was it was it was insane. It was really insane. So that was one of my favorite memories is being a Padre fan. And then plus it was the division rivals. So yeah, that, that was all the sweeter. 
that yeah. that that sounds that yeah that that definitely that sounds special and actually pretty cool. Let me ask you, going back to what you had said of you you love being an inspiration for people. Who inspires you, or what inspires you, and not just as a man, but also as an artist? Well, like I was saying earlier, like authors, I really love like listening to books from different authors, like people like Tony Robbins, people like Corey Wayne, people like uh, Jocko Willing. Uh, people, you know, this, I mean, you you guys listening might not be familiar with all those names, um, but just different authors and people who, who've taken the time to to put their best practices and their experience into a consolidated form and, and that teach it and give TED Talks on it. And I, I just love learning and I'm very inspired by learning new ideas and, and applying them right away and, and getting results and, and, and how they've helped me develop the right mindset to succeed at what I'm doing and learning how to turn trash into treasure, learning, you know, how to communicate with people more effectively, learning how to articulate myself, learning how to, to just take care of my health and my body to, to, you know, the environment. So those are the people who really inspire me the most. And I mean, obviously there's some, some athletes and there's some, some artists as well in that group, but the majority of them are definitely like authors and, and even some pastors, right? You know, that's how I would answer that question. I think about this a lot where I, just like you, I genuinely love reading. I've been reading all my life. Well, that sounds silly. Who doesn't read? But you know, you're reading Is that a bookshelf. Yes. It's a bookshelf. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's not, uh, I'm not, we all read. You have to read to cross the street to order food, but I'm talking about reading books and, and I've thought for a long time, I've gained so much knowledge, inspiration from books. And I'm like, I almost feel like a taker and I want to like give back and produce something. Joe dreams. What would, what's a book that you would write? There's one thing I've, I've thought of, it would be called the busker's Bible from all the lessons I've learned from, from street performing Wait, to the like bu um, the, the busker's Bible. A busker's like B U S K U R, oh, okay. like busker's Bible. Yeah. So the busker's Bible, and, and just talking about things I've done, like strategies of like drawing a crowd or how to deal with security, how to you know strategically time things. You know the things that you need to bring with you, the the different scenarios and things that I've learned from from street performing and and turning that into a manual. Because even though social media, artificial intelligence, all this stuff is here. I still find that the in-person is the most effective and it has the greatest impact. And you get your content for social media from in-person performances too. And you're getting your reps in and you're getting live feedback from your music and everything you're able to tell. Oh yeah, this is going to work for sure. Because, you know, you've tested it out at multiple farmers markets that have thousands of different types of people in there. And if everyone's liking it, then it's like, okay, this is ready to be released. Right. And, and so there's all kinds of things that I would incorporate on that for sure. It's almost like a, like a help guide. Exactly what you had said earlier about like potentially if you're some master podcaster, you go and write something and it's, just, it's, a, it's definitely a good, helpful guide. What are you trying to manifest in the sense of where do you where do you visualize yourself? Where do you pray and put out good vibes into the universe of where you see yourself performing in a city, in a place yes. where where is Joe Dream's? manifesting himself to be in the next six, 18 months? Well, one, inside of Petco Park. I, I don't think that's something that a lot of people understand because one one thing is that having performing the song inside of the stadium or whatnot, like that's an instant catalyst to 
superstardom, honestly, you know, because of all the groundwork that I've already laid, that would be just like the fire hitting the gasoline. Because I'm sure that if you if they said Slam D on the Jumbotron, a good amount of the people in the crowd would be like, hey, go, right? Because of all the thousands of people over time, you know, all the social media posts and everything like that. This, so the, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. And that's just one small, that's the catalyst for everything else. But the ultimate dream, like if, I don't know if you know this, but if you look around the world and you look at the way that, we treat each other the way that we treat our bodies, the way we treat the environment. It seems like what the world is really missing right now is love. And I came up with an idea of like how to spread love and have fun at the same time. And so I'm, I'm this Sunday, I'm hosting a freestyle cypher. And if you don't know what a cypher is, it's just a group of people rapping, basically. And so and I've got a, a lot of people who are interested in, in participating in this thing. And, and it's all about spreading love and having fun. And I really believe that this could be the seeds of the catalyst for the next revolution to take place because the last one came through rock and roll in the 60s with the hippies movement and everything like that. And I really believe that the dreamers, right? That's why I call it like the dreamers movement. And because everyone has a dream. It's something that we all have in common and that's something that we can all identify with. And during these, these times where there's so much division in the world and everything like that, I believe that us spreading love and affirming one another is key. And hip hop is the most popular genre of music in the world right now. Imagine if we were using hip hop to spread love because it seems like the vast majority of hip hop coming out nowadays because it's profitable, right? You know, is is about like a lot of violence, like disrespecting one another. And almost any freestyle cypher you've seen where like people who look like me are rapping with one another, it's almost always tearing the other person down. And that's a symptom of where our culture is at right now. But the good news is that I'm facilitating activities and, and, and whatnot during these cyphers that are all about building each other up and, and, and working together. And I really believe that this is going to, to, to spread like wildfire because of the need is so great. Like I, I can imagine people just crying and 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 you know and laughing you know so crazily because I mean when you ever see two rappers build each other up with a freestyle you never see that never and I believe that if, and the great news is is that if we can start in hip hop culture what the, what's going to happen is whatever happens in hip hop culture influences the world at at large like if you look at people's mannerisms the the things that they they, the expressions that they use, the way people are dressing, the people even outside of hip hop culture, you can trace a lot of those things back to this is something that a rapper said in a song one time and now everyone's saying it like YOLO, right? Expression like that. And people who aren't even in hip hop say that. And that came from that one song, right? And so I believe that if we could start spreading love in, in, the, in the hip hop community and making it fun. And also the great thing about this is that now these events, these cyphers I'm doing are family friendly. So now I've been inviting people at the Padre games because they could take their kids. Because what rap event can you take your kids to? Right. And so now this is going to expand the potential profitability of hip hop. And I think that's what is ultimately going to make it the, the trend and make it spread more. Even for the people who don't really care about that, they'll be looking at, oh, the profitability aspect of this and, you know, okay, let's do it too. Right. Um, so that's that's what I'm really thrilled about and and facilitating this movement becoming a revolution and, and revolutionizing the culture at large because, you know, we have another election coming up. There's all, you know, we just came out of COVID. 
there's all these so much stuff going on right now that we need a movement that's centered in in love right now to come and and to spread everywhere and i believe that god you know had me born where i was born during the time i was born and gave me the gifts that i had and the life experience to bring this about into the earth i like how you set that up because you're you're you want to set this up you want to promote and push this from a good place but then there are some cynical people here who only who only see things through the lens of dollar bills and then the flip side of that is like look not only is this a good thing it could also make you money because <laughs> ultimately that's yeah. what a lot of people unfortunately that's the that's the main language they speak unfortunately but yeah that being said i'm going to take you away from being an artist being inspiring people not just in Southern California, but all over the country, all over the world. And I want to make Joe Dreams the new Major League Baseball commissioner. As the new Major League Baseball commissioner, what's one or two things that you would do to change how you see the game, how it's run? Well, one, I think the commissioner is doing a good job with the new rules that they implemented over the over the the last season of the pitch clock. It seems like people are adjusted to that, and it seems like the audience... It's like, okay, we're down for that pitch clock now. And I am making the game faster and more adaptable to this day and age. Oh, yeah. So I think that I think that's a great thing that the commissioner is doing. And then I think the the shift rule is a good thing because more runs are scored, the game's more entertaining. So not only is it moving faster, but it's also a little bit more entertaining. And I think there was another rule that they put in place that I don't remember the other one. <laughs> Okay, um, you you, don't, you wouldn't want to insert something new for uh, how it's run, how the game is run, the business side of it, or anything like that. Well, I would also see this one is a, a tough one because uh, the keeping the the politics out of it a little bit more, and because you saw the, what happened to the NFL when they were you know doing the whole thing with kneeing and the, the profitability went like that, and you're seeing that that kind of stuff kind of happening a little bit especially, you know, with, you know, getting involved in politics or even things that a lot of people agree with, uh, you know, this being the month of June and whatnot. And I see a lot of like the Texas Rangers, like, you know, they're, they're not doing it. And then they're coming under fire for not wanting to celebrate. Uh, and, and, and there's you're a lot of teams. About, you're talking about like not celebrating Pride Month, right? Yeah, because it seems like a lot of that yeah. stuff is, is, is diluting what baseball is all about. And, and it's cool if you want to support that. I just think that we should just keep it about the game. That's one thing I would I would do. I would encourage players and organizations like outside of baseball, like, hey, this is something that you believe in, even with religion, like, or even with faith, you, you know, like they don't say one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all at the games either. So I believe that that we, keeping those things separate would, would help keep baseball inviting Definitely. For, for everyone. And I, th I think that we're seeing a little bit of a, a reverse of that trend a, a little bit. So that's one, that's one thing as a commissioner, a third thing, I would just make sure I might even shorten the season a little bit because reach. Yeah. I love baseball, so I would, but yeah, there's a lot of games. Yeah. And I understand that, that the profitability, because a lot of these stadiums aren't being booked right during those empty months and baseball is, is saving these stadiums that they spent billions of dollars on. And, and if baseball were to shrink, then there's like a month of what are we going to do with the stadium now? Right. And, and the owners and, and you know, 
it'll just be like a house having no renters, you know, and you're just paying rent every month and nothing is coming in. When it's an apartment, that's one thing, but when it's a freaking stadium, so like I I understand that, and I also it, it, it might help the profitability as in the longevity of the players, you know, helping the players have more well-rounded lives. I mean, I know the players love baseball, and there's probably nothing they would rather do because you don't get to that level if you're not passionate about it. So I'm sure the players probably don't mind too much, but I'm sure that they would also like to be able to spend time with their family and spend time with or, or travel the world more and not have to wait till the end of their careers before they can really, you know, start doing stuff. But at the, at the same time, during the off season, the players who want it the most are just going to train right through that too. Yeah. So yeah. maybe if you shorten the season, you can increase the cost per ticket because there's less, there's yeah, less, less games yeah. and then that can make up for the drive up demand. The, yeah. So, but it seems like, they're very profitable and those games are still selling out in October and November and December. So I don't see why they would have any, any incentive of shortening it. You're right. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good, it, it's a good, it's a good idea, but you're right. Financially it may not make sense, but one thing that not everyone can agree on politics and religion, but we all can agree on good food. I love traveling. I love traveling to see new baseball stadiums, new cities, when someone's listening to this and decides to go to San Diego, they obviously want to go see Joe Dreams perform. Number one, number two, tell us a good re- tell us some recommendations of a good place in San Diego in the San Diego area to have a good cup of coffee, a drink, some food that you that you enjoy going to. Well, I really love places that that have. So whenever I'm looking at something to eat, I'm like, okay, what's delicious, nutritious, right? <laughs> right. And so I love places like Tender Greens. I love places like True Fruit Kitchen. I love places like I love Thai food because Thai food has curry and curry is extremely healthy, especially when you get some brown rice with it. So I, I really like enjoying foods that are going to to energize me, make me feel good, that also taste good. And I also really like this place called Pure Press, and they have a lot of like green sm- drink smoothies, acai bowls. Even inside of Petco Park, there's a inside of the the Seaside Market. There's this place that every time I go to a game, they have the salads, this the salad bar, and it's like thirteen dollar fifty cent salads, and you get to pick three different toppings in your salad, and it's like super healthy and fresh, and that's one of my favorite places too. Love it! I always love getting good local recommendations. Thanks for that, definitely, Joe. I want to thank you for the, your time for joining us. But before we go, let us know where we can catch you performing, where we can follow you online, social media, anything that you want to share with us. Well, yeah, one, if you want to see some people spread love and or if you have some bars yourself and you you want to be more courageous, even if you're never going to make a song in your life, if you just want to just like, for example, a lot of uh, parents send their kids to play sports. Why? Even if they're never going to be professional because it's character building. It's it's like a fun activity. And so you can see that the freestyle cipher through the same lens that you would see a sport. And so if you want to bring your family and, and you know have a good time, spread love, or just observe the people doing that, I'm having the freestyle ciphers. We're going to be doing them every two weeks. It's starting this Sunday, June 25th. So if you're watching this afterwards, just think, okay, what's two weeks after that, which is July 9th, I believe is the next one. And then the, the 23rd and so on and so forth. So there's that you can see me performing at. I also have a couple gig shows that I'm going to be performing 
the best thing is just to follow me on Instagram at Joe Dreams and don't forget the Z. Fantastic. By the way, t- tell us where exactly the ciphers are going to are going to be held. So the cipher is going to be held in the San Diego area. I'm giving the address to the people who are RSVPing. So because I want to be able because in the RSVP it has the rules of like, hey, here are the rules. I just want to make sure everyone's giving an agreement before they show up, so they're not surprised and thinking I'm trying to violate their Second Amendment no, rights. But I'm like, hey, we're trying to make this a family friendly event, and so I want that to people to understand that before they come. I want to thank Joe Dreams for joining us this week. I also want to thank a couple of new listeners from Willbrook, Illinois, Panama City, Panama in Central America, and Santa Clarita, California. Thanks for listening. It's summer. Go outside. Enjoy yourself. Be active. Breathe the air, the country air, the lake air, the beach air, and of course, baseball. Because we're going to be back next week with a brand new episode of HPP Hipster Baseball Podcast. Bye.